Blog Talk Radio. Happy New Year, and welcome to the first new edition of the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I hope you've enjoyed the last few best of segments we've aired over the holiday season and that everyone had a wonderful couple of weeks. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and for those of you who are new to the show, I am thrilled that you've started off your day and your new year with us. The tradition of the Pet Place is to promote pet adoptions from shelters and rescues, so this morning I've invited Annabelle Cabrera from Bichon Rescue of Orange County to stop by and talk about what her relatively new group is doing to match older dogs with senior citizens. She's got some great stories that you won't want to miss. Then, after our halftime break, Amy Gilbreth from FoundAnimals.org will be checking in to talk about some phenomenal projects her organization is working on to help lost animals get reunited with their families and to find homes for pets that need families. They've had some great successes, and anyone who loves animals will be interested in hearing all about this. So keep your radio tuned to KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll be back moment. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and joining me now is Annabelle Cabrera from Bichon Rescue of Orange County. Good morning, Annabelle. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, I am very excited to have you on the show. I met you a while back at the Irvine Animal Care Center's big adoption event, Home for the Holidays, and you you had some real cute little dogs in your booth. Thank you. Yes, it was a great day with a, a lot of fun and excitement in our booth. And how did your organization get started? I understand you're a relatively new organization in Orange County. Yes, we are. Um... Bichon Rescue of Orange County, we like to call ourselves B-Rock. We are a Seniors for Seniors rescue, meaning we specialize in placing senior dogs in the homes of senior adopters. So uh, my partner and I actually started with another rescue, another Bichon Rescue, and we felt we wanted to fill this need or, or look for this demographic and help out with both the senior dogs and the senior adopters. Do you find it's harder to place older Bichon uh, dogs in homes? You know, initially we thought that it was going to be more difficult because the rescue we were with, we noticed that it was much longer time frames that the dogs were in uh, foster care. But once we put the word out of our commitment to the senior adopters, we seem to be doing quite well with adoptions. Well, that's fabulous, and I know that senior citizens tend to love older dogs a little better than high-energy puppies that are going to chew all the furniture and shoes and everything else you don't want them to chew, so it sounds like a perfect match for everybody. Yes, it does, and you know our seniors are retired, so they have all the time in the world to devote to these dogs, so they're actually the best adopters when you think about it in those terms. Oh, that makes sense. How many dogs have you placed so far? I know you're relatively new, so your numbers aren't going to be 
beyond imagination, but mm-hmm. I, I heard you did well. We well. actually just begun uh, in September of 2014, so we are very, very new, mm-hmm. um, and took our first rescue dog in September. We have done, as of yesterday, three adoptions. Oh, good. Um, and the primary reason is just getting our feet under us and getting moving. I'm sure our adoption numbers are going to probably go much quicker in 2015. I bet they will. But the thing I'm wondering is, are there really that many older Bichon Frise dogs in shelters that need help? Oh, you would be surprised. Um, Unfortunately, we have a society that oftentimes does not see through the care of their dogs until the very end. Once a dog gets older and maybe they're not as playful or they're not the little puppy that they used to have, they they end up in shelters. They wow. either get lost and their owners don't look for them or perhaps maybe the dog um, becomes incontinent or something and the owner doesn't want to deal with having to clean up. Mm-hmm. So they just surrender them into the shelters. It's It's actually quite sad. Oh, man, that just breaks my heart hearing that. Just when a pet needs their their person the most, that's when they're dumped, like yesterday's news. Exactly. Horrible, horrible. I'm so glad that people like you are out there working to help these little guys because they sure need it. Can you tell me one of the great stories of the three dogs that you've already placed? Um, Yes. Um, Actually, the the adoption that we just had yesterday was of a beautiful little boy named Kai. And Kai's mother um, passed away at a young age. She had him from the time he was a puppy, Mm -hmm. and he was very well cared for. He was nine years old when his mother passed away. Okay. And his family wasn't able to keep him, so they reached out to us uh, to see if we could find a home for him. And um, we were able to find a lovely family that is giving him wonderful care and playtime. And and it just, uh, I'm sure that his mother is very, probably smiling down on us that we found him another good home. Oh, that's such a great story. And, And I'm glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people have pets and they love their pets more than anything but they haven't done anything to ensure that in the unlikely event that that Acme anvil drops down from the sky and uh, knocks them on the head, that somebody else is going to be able to take care of their beloved pet should something happen. And I'm wondering if you have any educational materials on that. Uh, Do you have a website yet where you're giving people advice or anything? Yes, we do have a website. Um, We don't have our resources up yet on the website, but let me go ahead and give you that web address. Okay. It is www.bichonrescueoc.org. That's B-I-C-H-O-N-R-E. E S C U E O C dot O R G. Excellent. And I know our listeners wrote that down, so they'll be checking out all the pictures and all the good things that'll be coming up in the near future. You said you don't have all of your resources up yet, but I'm sure you will be getting lots of great information up there for everybody who's interested in adopting or who just has questions. And Let me ask you this, and this might seem like a morbid question, but since you are specializing in adoptions to older people, 
is part of your counseling process to educate them about making sure somebody's going to be able to take over in the event that anything happens to them. Yes, and that is, you know, it's funny because it 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 is possibly more likely with the senior, but you or I could be gone tomorrow. Absolutely. So I think it's something across the board that adopters or any pet owner should be prepared for. Um, we do uh, spend time with our adopters to uh, evaluate who would be a suitable uh, backup for them if something was to happen. Mm-hmm. And if for any reason they are in a situation where they don't have someone that they feel would be uh, be there for them should okay. the need arise, we as a rescue will always be their backup. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm not just bringing this up because I think that older people are going to be shuffling off soon, but I do know just from personal experience, my own mother, who last year was expressing an interest in adopting a pet, uh, just a few months after that interest was expressed, she ended up having uh, serious heart problems and has had surgery and and would have never been in a position to care for a pet had she moved forward on that. And I know that when you get to a point in your life where you're 80 years old, 85 years old, even if you're feeling great right now, there might come a time in the near future where you're not going to be able to care for that pet as well as you probably should. And it's good to have a network all ready to go with your children, with your friends who could step in and take a dog for a walk, take it to the vet, just to help back you up. And and that's the kind of thing I'm wondering about. If people are really, truly counseled on the fact that they need to have all this backup in place. Yes. And, and there's another factor that a lot of people don't think about, and that is fostering. Uh, perhaps, say, for example, in the case of your mother, if she is in good health now, but doesn't want to have uh, the concern of having a dog that would be left behind should she not be able to take care of the dog, she could have all the love and companionship of a foster dog and also be doing a great service for another senior adopter. And she would have us as her backup for not only the support, but also the financial support. Many seniors are on a fixed income, Mm -hmm. and they love to have the companionship, but the vet bills and the unforeseen expenses are just too much for them to handle. So fostering is another way that they can have the companionship of a dog, have the support of a rescue, and be helping another possible senior to have an adoption. Oh, what a great idea. So people can volunteer and open their heart and their home up to a foster vet foster pet and care for it temporarily and help find it a new home and and get a steady stream of of little dogs in that they can love and care for and prepare for a permanent family. What a great volunteer opportunity. It really is. And, you know, it's a win-win because uh, we we just, fostering with any rescue is such a difficult uh, vacancy to fill. And so to have our seniors who have the time and the love and the resources is just a great match. So how would a senior citizen interested in volunteering take the first steps to help you out with Bichon Rescue of Orange County? The first step would be to fill out a volunteer application, which we have on our website. It is We have a regular volunteer application, and we have a fostering application. Okay. Um, and they would fill that out if for any reason they don't have access to a computer 
or perhaps um, maybe it's a little bit tricky for them to get the process done, all they would have to do is call our toll-free number, which is 866-822-7909. Okay. And they would have one of our volunteers call them or visit them if they're nearby Mm -hmm. and help them to fill out the application right there online. Well, that's fabulous, and it sounds so easy, too. And I bet the longer that you're in the world of fostering and rescuing, your website is just going to get better and better and better with more information. What would you say is the most amazing thing that you've learned in these few months that you've been on track with your rescue? Um, You know, I think the most amazing thing is the absolute dedication that our senior volunteers have for rescue and their, their commitment to take care of these dogs until the very, very end. I think they have a much, a much better appreciation for the value of a life than, say, for example, a younger person. Okay. Well, that sounds terrific. And, Annabelle, you've modeled an outstanding plan for Bichon Rescue of Orange County, and I wish you continued success. So please keep in touch and let us know how you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's time for our halftime break now, but don't go away, because when we return, we'll be visiting with Amy Gilbreth from Michelson Found Animals, an innovative group that is helping lost animals find their families. So stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZ 88.1 FM, and we'll be back in a flash. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and we were going to be speaking with Amy Gilbreth from Michelson Found Animals, but she had an important meeting come up, and so, guess what? We have a very special treat for you. Our producer, Mike Johnson. Good morning, Marie. (laughs) He's volunteered to talk about some of the training difficulties and challenges he's had with his very special Amber Good Well, I, before, I do, before I do that, I do have another question, which I think many people who listen to the show week in and week out might be curious about. Okay. And here's a hint to it right here. <laughs> now, the music, for those folks who don't know, is Henry Mancini's Baby Elephant Walk. Uh-huh. I'm curious... Uh, because I've been involved with the Pet Place radio show off and on, I think, since it's near near its inception. Where did the idea to use the Mancini music come from, or do you know? I do know. That okay. was, well, for those of you who have been fans of the Pet Place from the very beginning, which was way back in the 90s oh, yes. when we were a TV show on KDOC and Fred Bergendorf hosted the show. Right. Um, he also was a big music aficionado, mm-hmm. and he loved that piece. So when we started the radio show back in 2006, he, without any hesitation, he said that was the song that he wanted to use for uh-huh. the show. It's just, it was a big favorite of his. And, and I personally have never wanted to change it because I love it too. It's, no. it's a fun little song. <laughs> It, we we sometimes refer to it as the love theme to the Pet Place radio show. <laughs> but you were you were asking oh me about about uh, tr- uh, what am I, what's my problem with Amber now? What, what were you asking Your me about? Your problem with Amber. 
most people, mm-hmm. when they have a pet dog at home, right. their little furry family member, right, right. and they're teaching it all the rules of the house right, and right. what should be done and what should not be done, mm-hmm. they come across challenges. Sure. And some people feel like they're alone with the challenges that they face with their dog, mm-hmm. when in fact, most likely, pretty much everybody has gone through the same thing with their own pet. So sure. Think back to when you first got Amber Good Dog. Oh, yes. What were some of the big challenges you had in making Amber Good Dog a good house dog? You know, when Amber came to the house, uh, she was a, she was a puppy. She was very, very small. And uh, and she's a Jack Russell. She's a Jack Russell Terrier. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my wife had previous uh, two other dogs. Mm-hmm. and uh, Were Am- they Jack Russells also? No, they were not. Okay. Uh, one was a uh, wired-haired Fox Terrier, and the other one is was uh, oh god Toto from the Wizard of Oz. It's uh, oh gosh. help me help me out. I forget. It's a terrier also. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> fine. It's a different kind of terrier. Um, anyway, she looks just like Toto from the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, so when Amber came home, you know, obviously she had to learn to adapt to being with these two other older dogs, mm-hmm. and and you know, obviously there was always an adjustment period there. But I think the biggest adjustment that came uh, down. Early on with Amber was mealtime because what would happen was the older dogs wanted to eat first. And they mm-hmm. wanted to have, they were sort of being territorial that way. So they were excluding poor little They Amber. were. She had to wait Aww. her turn to eat. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, unfortunately, time has passed and the other two, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Uh, so that, that, that obviously, you know, sorted itself out. Uh, but as far as training, one of the things that, that, continues to be a, a challenge and Amber's nine years old now mm-hmm. is the fact that you know sh- she sometimes um, has this ability to to we have what I what I've described I think before as sort of a what I a greenhouse a hothouse type mm-hmm. area leading to our backyard um, I think when Amber has to, there's a doggy door to, that she goes through mm-hmm. uh, to get to the to get from the house to the hothouse and the hothouse to get outside um, when Amber has to use the little girl's room to go all the way to the backyard, she wants someone to open the door for her. <laughs> now, she has the doggy door to flap, the flap there to uh-huh. go through, but she wants someone to open the door for her. Uh-huh. And now, do you think that's because maybe she, for lack of a better term, just can't hold her bladder too well? Well, I don't know. Is the door hard to open? Does she have to really push hard no, with her nose I don't to get th- it to I, not, open? Not to my perception, anyway. No, I, I, I think I think maybe in her own way she's just training Terry and myself yeah. to open the door for her because that's what she wants. And then she talks with her uh, friends, the dogs, the neighbor and, dogs. Yeah, yes, she does. Tells them, you know, I just successfully trained my people <laughs> to open the door for me. I'm so excited. I don't even have to give them treats. Training training dogs, though, can be can obviously have challenges. Now, you've, of course, been having animals for many, many years and different kinds of breeds from what I have. Right. Um, speaking of the challenges that you've had yourself. Well, I think I've mentioned Willa Labradoodle, our, our dog that came from a puppy mill mm-hmm. who lived her entire life in a cage until the point where she was rescued, poor thing. And she was terrified of everything. 
So just getting her to be comfortable to meet people, Mm -hmm. that was probably the biggest challenge Mm -hmm. that we had with Mm -hmm. her. But that just took a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of love and reinforcement. And now she's pretty much happy to meet everybody. So that's pretty cool. It was nice to see that transformation. But it, but it takes time. Like it anything else, it does time. take time. No one should ever give up on a dog because they think it's just not learning something mm-hmm. fast enough. It doesn't mean the dog can't learn. It just means that perhaps their training methods aren't working and they should try something different. Our book reviewer, Marianne Dell, Mm -hmm. she is actually a dog trainer, and she uses positive reinforcement with everything. The old school Hmm. of thought was negative reinforcement, especially with house training, potty training. Mm -hmm. Do you remember ever meeting somebody who said that to train a dog not to go to the bathroom in the house, you take their nose and you put them in a pile of, uh, you know, whatever mess they yeah, made right. mm-hmm. or urine, and that'll teach them not to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and people still think that that's true. Yeah. And it's hideous. I mean, can you imagine doing that to So, So for, 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 for people who may not uh, know what to do, because there are people, I think, sometimes who are new, new pet owners who want to have an animal or they want to have an animal either for themselves or their children Mm -hmm. or they just want to experience the joy of having an animal, you know, that is obviously not the ideal uh, situation. So so when the dog does do the wrong thing in the house, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to teach the animal that that's the wrong thing? Well, first of all, they're not going to know in the past tense that, that what they did 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago, even a minute ago was the thing that you're not happy about. Right. So you need to be proactive. First of all, if they do make a mess, you need to clean it up and make sure you use an enzymatic cleaner to get rid of the smell because the smell is going to key into their head that this is the spot where I go Mm -hmm. because this is where I've gone before. So Mm -hmm. you need to get rid of the odor completely Mm -hmm. if they have an accident. Mm -hmm. But to be proactive, what you have to do is literally take your dog outside every half hour to an hour, give it a command, a consistent command that you use each and every time. For me, I say, go potty, and my Mm -hmm. dogs will go potty. Mm -hmm. And one way that you could encourage them to do that is to take them to a spot where they've already gone in the backyard and tell them to go potty again. Mm -hmm. And when they do, praise them like crazy. Give Mm -hmm. them lots of petting, maybe even a little treat, a little food treat, Mm -hmm. and then keep repeating, keep repeating, and expect that there'll be a few accidents. Now, this is obviously generally better if you can take a puppy from a young age, obviously, and start that train early on. Any dog of any age. Any dog of any age. Yes, absolutely. They're smart. It's completely a fallacy that you can't teach a dog old tricks. That is not true at all. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be at work... Use crate training. A lot of people think, oh, I can't put my dog into a crate. Right. Um, But actually, dogs feel comfortable and secure in a crate. Mm -hmm. If you can't supervise, if you can't watch them, go ahead and use the crate. And then as soon as you're back home, or if you could get home during lunch or anything else, Mm -hmm. take them out of the crate, take them for a walk, tell them to go potty. Pretty soon, they're going to get the routine. If Mm -hmm. you're gone to work eight hours, nine hours, um, my dogs will not go to the bathroom at all while I'm away at work. Really? I, no, not at all. But I do try and come home at lunch, especially now that one of my dogs is getting to be uh, 14 years old, and, mm-hmm. and it's a little harder for him to, to mm-hmm. go that long without a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are completely trustworthy in the house. And 
But what you're talking about takes time, obviously. Oh, no. It takes it takes time. Some yeah, dogs are very no. fast learners, and you can't base uh, training on experience with other dogs that you've had in your life because you might have a dog that learned the routine in a few days or a week. And then you get a dog, and it just doesn't seem like it's learning, and it's been a month. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Every dog, just like every child, every person, is different in how quickly they learn the routine. And you can't get mad. You have to be patient. But consistency is the key. If you're consistent, you can teach your dog anything. And as you say, things do take time, And but but being consistent is so important. It's the same way as when you're, you're teaching your child about, you know, not having a cookie before dinner. Right. Uh-huh. So the, the, it's just following through, basically, mm-hmm. and making sure that rules are done the same way. Right. Uh, now, I know some people have a rule of always feeding their dog in the morning, and some people always feed their dog in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that sort of rule sort of apply the same way? No, in fact, uh, we were talking with Mary Dell recently about this very topic, and she recommends feeding dogs at different times of the day so that if you normally wake up at 5.30, if you give your dog breakfast at 5.30 a.m. on all your work days, then mm-hmm. when the weekend rolls around, you're going to be up at 5.30 in the morning. Up at 5.30 sure, because sure. You're, you're, uh, your little friendly canine family member is going to come nosing you in the face saying, hey. Time to wake up. (laughs) What are you doing, lazy bones? Well, I think Fred would tell us it's time to take a break right now if he were here. So here's our lovely theme. So thank you, Marie. Thank you. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Do you think your pet might make a good therapy animal? Animal Health Foundation is offering a Pet Partners Therapy Animal Handler Workshop to be part of the Animal Therapy Team today from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Reservations are required. Please visit www.animalhealthfoundation.net slash events or call 800-939-0936 to get information on the prerequisites necessary to be part of this amazing team. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also like us on Facebook. Just look for Pet Place Radio. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. And please don't forget, spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.